Welcome to episode 25 of the MLS Netboys show. My name's Jacob, joined by... My name's Chase, and I'm livid today. Why? Not really. I just... Just getting used to the Timbers being mediocre. But... Hey, we played good. We... Eh. Didn't finish, but we played good. We played all right. We played all right. But we'll get to that. It's been an action-packed week of some League's Cup games. Yesterday was like the one day this week that didn't have any games, and it felt weird because it was a Saturday. I was like looking. I, I was, know. I had some free time finally to watch the games. Zero games on a Saturday. It was weird. It's like when you're watching the World Cup and you got games every day, like a few, and you're you're getting into it, and then like once the knockout rounds hit, there's just random gaps and you feel empty. Yeah, it's it was weird. It's weird, but you know, I think it's probably a much needed break for a lot of these players. Big news in the in the boys chat as well for us, right? It can now be confirmed. Do we spit? Do we spit his name out? No. Even if his family was listening, which they don't. That would be kind of funny. Um, if his mom, dude, there's that fly from like last week is still in here. <laughs> yeah, we haven't entered this room since. Um, but yeah, one of our friends has just announced like. 20 minutes prior to us recording this that he's going to have a baby so congrats to him uh if for whatever reason his mom is listening to this which i don't think she is uh we won't give a name we won't give a name so that it won't be given away because i don't think he's even told his parents yet but he told us <sighs> he told his famous friends who do a podcast <laughs> so we can spit it out to our thousands of fans that we have well, I'm gonna post a picture of him on. Uh, <laughs> that should be the thumbnail of this. <laughs> Just his face zoomed in, his face photoshopped over a baby. It's funny because he's not—he's like the least soccer guy in our whole that friend group. Well, maybe except for one more. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's the least soccer. But anyways, moving on to some more MLS relevant news: League's Cup action. What's League's up again? Nobody I'm knows. Just <laughs> no, nobody actually knows. I just was I was thinking about the the prediction game I made for New York Red Bulls versus NYCFC and I thought there was going to be like a extra time and then I just they didn't do extra time. All they did was like a straight to penalty shootout, which for whatever reason I thought this was going to be a more just normal competition, but I guess not. Yeah, um, it's been a lot of penalty kick shootouts in this so far. So the knockout rounds, we'll start with that. So Dallas beat Mazatlan 2-1 at home. Um, This was a bit of an upset. This next one, Houston beat Pachuca at home on penalty kicks. It was a nil-nil draw. Went to Penns. Houston won. Pachuca reigning Liga MX champions who got a bye in the first round. Um, but Houston Dynamo knocks him out. You love to see it. I love seeing these MLS teams just put the beat down on the Liga Mekis teams. It's fun to watch. The only caveat I'll say, obviously, other than all these Liga MX teams being at, on the road, uh, Pachuca, I saw a crazy stat. From their championship team last year, they only have three starters in the 11 who are still <laughs> oh, there. Gosh. They just clean shop for what I think it was like financial reasons, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. So interesting. Very interesting there. 
Kind of makes sense. I mean, they didn't look that good, and Houston managed a draw with them, so kind of evens out there, you know? Miami hosted Orlando City in the Florida Derby. Miami goes through 3-1, to one, Messi with a brace. Um, Yosef Martinez scoring a very dodgy penalty kick. Um, my, my, <laughs> Messi will get all the headlines <laughs> for this, but um, I had a just aneurysm there. <laughs> Pulled a Mitch McConnell on this right there. <laughs> That's the most political we'll ever get on this show. Um, oh, man. Or, yeah. or a Biden. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in there to even out the score. But, uh, yeah, this this game, like you said, my Messi's going to get all the headlines. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Miami definitely deserved winners here. 64% possession. Um, just dominated the game a lot more. Orlando probably the best team on that side of the bracket that they're going to play until they come up against Philly, I would say. Um, so good for them getting through that. What, they have Dallas next, and then maybe Charlotte after that or Houston after that, one of those teams. Um, but exciting game. I mean, Joseph Martinez just has latched on to Messi since, like, their first day of training, and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of been funny watching, like, Joseph Martinez switched from being this guy that just didn't care about the rest of his team, just wanted to shoot the ball as soon as he got it to like laying the ball off for Messi, like giving like doing uh doing like a dummy and letting it like run through his legs to like for Messi to finish and which is kind of funny. It took like the greatest player of all time to be on Joseph's team for him to like finally be a team player. Yeah, playing with Robbie Robinson has definitely helped him. Um <laughs> now, what's funny to me is the memes where it's like It'll be on one side. It'll show MSN, Messi, Suarez, Neymar together. And then on the other half, it'll be Messi, Robert Taylor, and Joseph Martinez, just the three of them celebrating a goal. That's Love it. That's a goaded trio right there, dude. We'll talk a little bit more about this in a bit. I want to focus on some other aspects of this game, but we'll do that after we talk about the rest of these. Um, so Miami goes through. LAFC plays their first game, and... They destroy FC Juarez. They win seven to one. I mean, arguably the worst Mexican team in this competition. Um, so not super surprising. But also, I mean, you have to think this is an LAFC team that had the most congested schedule out of any MLS team, like in the league. They, I think, they were playing a game like every three days or something for like a good two months it's like me on fm dude i yeah. had um, my <laughs> april calendar i had a game every three days yeah so i mean that's when you give a team that's this good like has this much quality finally they get like two weeks to rest some players and just like recoup it's no no surprise that they come out and just score a touchdown on on Juarez. just smashes in a lot of goals which is fun to see yeah buanga with a hat trick um Moving on, the MLS over Liga MX theme continues, at least momentarily. <laughs> New England beats Atlas in penalty kicks after they draw 2-2. This was an 8-7 PK shootout. Uh, New England was down 2-0, I think, within 30 minutes. Bruce Arena was gone for his Off disciplinary leave. Um, Jordi Petrovic was out of the match day squad for not participating from training. In spite of all that, New England goes through. Good on New England, and Atlas got a little taste of the Gustavo Bow show. 
Man popped up big with two huge goals. Yeah, that's you love to see him finding form. Um, you know, one thing that's weird, I feel like there's been a lot of long penalty kick shootouts in this, like not just like a first round, but like it carries on like in a lot of these games. Yeah, it's it's been exciting as a neutral, I think, for a lot of people to watch these games. Um, I already have my favorite p- penalty shootout of the uh, the tournament so far, but Vancouver and <laughs> and Tigres were. Oh, that one. I was going to say Vancouver and Leon in the first no, round. No, it's this the one that just happened for Vancouver. Let's talk about that game next, actually. it's I know it's a little bit further down Let's the list here. The, the other nine. <laughs> but uh, but I want to I wanna just talk about it since we're, we're already on the subject. Tigres and Vancouver. 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. And then it goes to penalties. And did you watch this penalty shootout? I saw clips, but two class goals for the draw. Uh, yeah. A scorching volley from Vancouver. That yeah, Pedro Vite with a with a volley outside the box in the ninth minute, and then uh, Gignac scoring a bicycle kick in the fifty third minute to tie it up. Crazy, and then it goes to penalties, and uh, Tigres's goalkeeper uh, Nahuel Guzman, uh, he he I don't know how old that guy is, but he's been around for a long time. Won a lot with Tigres. Wasn't he on the national team for Mexico as well? It's like a backup kind of for I don't know Ochoa. any other Mexican goalkeeper besides Ochoa okay. for the national team. That's fair. But dude just looks <laughs> like the ultimate payaso. Like man dude, has was... like a giant nose, a weird mohawk thing. His like eyebrows like aren't there, but he also just looks like he's like scowling at you nonstop. But uh so he's in goal and he starts doing like the FIFA like mime thing in front of uh I was <laughs> I forget who he did it to, but he starts doing the mime thing like he's trapped in a box. And then after, so he, he does that, uh, uh, Vancouver scores the penalty. Next one, he goes up and he does a magic trick. I don't know if you saw this, but he starts pulling like uh, a like a string or something out of his glove and it just keeps coming and he just keeps pulling more <laughs> and more. And then it just like... <laughs> he just like is in the goal pulling this out of his glove and then lays it down and like trying to get it out of the goal and then meanwhile the penalty kick taker is just standing there like waiting and uh ends up i think he blocks that penalty after that but um i mean just did you ever play the weirdest antics in a penalty shootout i've ever seen you know who he reminded me of did you ever play pokemon as a kid a little bit dude mr mime there's this weird (laughs) like clown looking mime thing who he sticks his hands around that's who he reminded me of just well, weird antics, um, but Tigres goes through in a close game. Um, you love to see it. I I, I love seeing goalkeepers do interesting things in penalty shootouts. I don't like seeing Tigres beat Vancouver. I was rooting for Vancouver, um, but I like seeing penalty like uh, goalkeepers like take control of yeah. the situation in a penalty shootout because the odds are always stacked against them. Um, kind of like uh, Emmy Martinez in the World Cup, like all his antics he did where he'd walk out and like take the ball and then just chuck it away and then walk back to the goal. Like I love seeing that kind of stuff. And a lot of times like they kind of crack down on goalies a bit more than uh, the kick takers. So it's, it's fun watching that kind of stuff. Moving on Hudson river derby, New York red bulls hosting New York city and the red bulls go through one nil, not a very exciting game, honestly, but red mm. bulls go through. I mean, Good on them. They hosted it. We had talked about this last week. Um, they they had a good 
uh, momentum build for them to get hyped up for this game just to win one nil off a penalty in the 31st minute yeah we we did predictions for this i went two nil red bulls chase went two one new york city and neither happened they got the result right though you know what's weird i saw somebody point this out on twitter think about when this rivalry first came to fruition in the league and it was intense you know you had those european stars on new york city red bulls were a class team at that point always contending for the shield it was always packed stadiums it was like tifas going at each end but now it feels so lackluster like the stadium wasn't even full it was midweek it was you know it's knockout round so these games aren't scheduled in advance but it just doesn't seem to have that bite like the el trafico has for example yeah i think it's because both these teams have kind of just slid into like the void of nothingness like nobody really cares about either of these teams red bulls nobody's really tuning in to watch Lucinius on the wing or like dante van zier just mouth off to players on the field and then on the other end like new york city i mean obviously they won the cup a few years back but they don't have any real star players on their team i, I mean Nobody wants to just watch James Sands lock it, just put on a clinic as a D-mid. That's not fun to watch. I was going to say, crazy, because, yeah, I mean, City just won the Cup not even two full seasons ago. And the tweet that I saw that brought this to my attention was talking about how they don't really have much star power. And these are the, this is the biggest market in, like, not even just America, but the whole Western, yeah. like, there should be some more allure to watching these teams, but there really isn't, which is unfortunate. And you would think with like City being a part of that City football group, they would have some more pull to bring in some big names, but it almost seems like they just did that as like a stunt to build up some following in the U.S., and then now it's just like they don't really care so much, and they're just using like a feeder club for their European teams. I think that's well said. Um, next one, pretty straightforward. Nil-nil between Philly and D.C. Philadelphia wins 5-4 to four on penalty kicks. Not much to talk about here. Thank goodness. I was going to be so upset if D.C. made it through this game because you know, like, in the next round or next couple rounds, if D.C. came up against, like, a Liga McKees team, he, they would just get slapped. Cool. I, I want to see Philly go deep and, like, actually, like, challenge some of these teams. Agreed. Um, Pumas and Cuertero... And Cuadratero goes through 1-0. Cool. Yeah, I don't know much about either of these <laughs> teams, honestly. Next up, Charlotte and Cruz Azul play 0-0 draw. Charlotte goes through 4-3 on penalty kicks. Charlotte's goalkeeper, Kalina, with three saves in the penalty kick shootout. That is huge. And this was played in Dallas, of all places. Yeah, I'm not super sure how the uh, the hosting situation goes for a lot of these games anymore now that we're in the knockout stage but good on charlotte i mean there's been some really exciting games and then there's been some games like this that, <laughs> that i like that it goes to penalties right after the game like ends like no extra time because you aren't like forced to sit through another 30 minutes of nil nil action to get to a penalty shootout right moving on to the next match day more knockout rounds Chicago hosted Club America. America goes through 1-0. Casper Shabrilko, I don't know if you saw his miss. He had literally an open goal, Fernando Torres-esque, oh. on a platter. <laughs> he just scuffs it wide. Um, so Club America goes through. Um, 
Poor, poor Chicago. And they scored an own goal. <laughs> so Yeah. The, this was uh just add insult to injury there, you know. Rub some salt in the wounds of Chicago and classify it as known goal. They had zero shots on target, thirty seven percent possession. Just not the best showing from them. I really would like to see Shakiri step it up a little bit more in these kind of games. Rather than just barking at Dane St. Clair and <laughs> burying a penalty against Minnesota. Yeah, the only thing I want to... I think you're right. Shakiri's got to step up for this. The only other thing I want to highlight, really, is... I don't know if you saw the clip, but it was majority Club America fans, as you would expect, um, against a team like Chicago, who has not great support. Um, mm-hmm. But... I just want to oh, point yeah. out how crazy some of their fans are with just, like, pelting, like, the players with, like, beer cups and stuff. And I saw a lot of people post stuff on Twitter like that. And, you know, a lot of the MLS supporters and people online were talking about how, like, stuff like that shouldn't be acceptable for, like, you know, you want a fierce rivalry, but you don't want stuff like that. And then a lot of people were like, oh, well, this is nothing compared to what you'd have in like Copa Libertadores and like Argentina or something. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a very different fan culture. And when you have people who are primarily like immigrants to the U S and this is their one chance, like probably throughout their whole lifetime to like watch their team or like a Mexican team play in the U S it like heightens their emotions like 10 times. Um, but yeah, I think it's just completely different fan culture down there where it means a lot more to the people. Um, every game means a lot more. So there's like a lot more intensity and like you see kind of crazy antics like that that shouldn't necessarily be like normal and shouldn't be accepted. But I think it just means a lot more to those people. And then when you like take somebody who's been living here and hasn't been able to watch like their team in person for a long time, they just like get way more emotional about it. Yeah, I love that they pack out those games, like especially against like a Chicago that wouldn't have this. But I just think about how terrible it must be. Like you're you're a player on that team, and you're just getting pelted with beer cups on the side of your head. I love yeah. honestly how the league kind of cracks down when it happens within MLS. I think it happened in Columbus when they hosted MLS Cup against the Timbers. Somebody threw cups. They just got like banned for the stadium for life. I think that's a good approach because there's some, like most of the time the players aren't going to get hurt, no. But it can happen, and I think that's a little bit too much from the fans to be throwing stuff at players. I think it's one. I think it's more common everywhere in the world other than the U.S. And I think like like when you look even like in Europe, like I remember seeing pictures of like a El Clasico where somebody threw like a pig's head on the field and like throwing bananas at like like black players or like you see like like games in like Saudi Arabia or Africa where they have like laser pointers like all over like players faces just like I think it's a lot more common everywhere in the world and then like MLS is kind of spoiled like players in MLS are pretty spoiled with like such a nice like very passionate atmosphere but like a very like polite atmosphere and I think for a lot of foreign players that's the draw I know famously Diego Valeri one of the reasons he came here was his family just wasn't safe at games in Argentina. And he, I think his family got, like, robbed at gunpoint after a game, and that was, like, the moment where he was like, yeah, 
kind of look elsewhere. And I think I think that's a good thing, honestly. I think bananas getting thrown or lasers shot, like stuff where it actually affects the game, I think is too much other than just atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next up, <laughs> Cincinnati hosting Nashville. 1-1 draw, Nashville upsets and goes through on penalty kicks. Dax McCarty steps up and sinks it to send his team through. I'm conflicted about this because I love Dax McCarty. I love seeing a dirty just, Nashville. Just a just a MLS veteran uh, step up and you know do the biz. But I would also love to see Cincinnati in this next round showing off their style of play uh, against. I think they're playing against. Yeah. So Nashville has uh, America in the next round. So I would Ooh. I would have loved to see Cincinnati step up and have that challenge versus. Uh, Gary Smith or whatever his name is, right? Yep. Gary is that his name, right? The yep. coach, Gary Smith, just <laughs> like one. Jose Mourinho, masterclass of just sit back, defend, and just ping the ball up to like Brandon Vasquez. You oh mean, wait, uh, that was Sam Surge, <laughs> um, Honey Mukhtar. I don't know why I said Brandon Vasquez. <laughs> I was still thinking about uh, Cincinnati. Rough day in Ohio as it continues. Columbus and Minnesota, thriller of a game, 3-3 in regular time. Minnesota goes through 4-3 to on penalty kicks. Yet another game I'm kind of upset about because Columbus, I think it'll be good for them to have this break before they go back to MLS. Um, but I think this was their one chance to really win a trophy this year. Um, but with that being said, I think it's, almost better for Columbus to exit the competition now have a couple weeks to bet in Diego Rossi and uh, Julian Gressel and uh, give you know their squad some chance to rest and get ready for a good push later in the season but as for Minnesota good for them they're looking better with Reynoso and round Kuki. of 16 I mean I don't know who, who are they playing in the next round Minnesota in the next round they got Toluca in the next round uh, I think this might be the closest I, they, I think they could edge one out against Toluca, but I think this is the closest they're going to get to a trophy this year is like by putting a like big push in this like tournament. Hlong Buane, also leading scorer of the tournament, actually. More than Messi, more than anybody else as of now. Played an extra game, but... Well, no, he hasn't, actually. Same as uh, Messi. Take that, Messi. Should have come to Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> um, Rail Salt Lake beating Club Leon 3-1. The Danny Musovsky show, dude. <laughs> you love to see it. It wasn't he an LAFC player. Yep. So just RSL, just bringing in two <laughs> former LAFC players and just bossing it up with them, showing that they still had some value. All their goals from former LFC strikers. Kind of funny because then you also see like Columbus just bringing in a former LAFC guy as well. So LAFC doing something right with their recruitment, and then just shipping them out just to come back to MLS within a (laughs) small window. Salt Lake goes through, and they're looking really good. Just put the beat down on the reigning CONCACAF Champions League champions. So, yeah, they're looking – I don't even know if they're underdogs at this point because their squad looks so good now, and the way they're playing looks so exciting that I don't even know if I would call them underdogs. I love, too, how it's been kind of over time you've seen this being built it's not just one window they kind of go all in and maybe get a little bit lucky but this has been a process you can see um with no new ownership they've spent more it's really cool fun for rsl fun to be an rsl fan right now 
Um, should hit up Dakota and see what he thinks about all these moves. <laughs> Our one RSL friend. Yeah, he always he always brings it up. He'll be like, "Dude, ten games unbeaten," <laughs> which obviously ended with the Monterey loss. But moving on, Toluca smashing Sporting Kansas City four to one. Toluca looking solid. Two back to back four to one wins. One was against Colorado, so you kind of scoff at that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Colorado one you kind of take with a grain of salt. That you know should be like eight one, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, doing the business against a sport, a solid sporting KC side that was kind of coming into their own. Just beat Chivas. Yeah, they. I mean, and they they played their game plan against Chivas. They didn't really lay back and try and play differently at all. So, Toluca looking good. I I think they. Uh, I don't know. They got Minnesota in the next round, so I, that's one of our prediction games. We'll go over later. I'll I'll reserve my judgment for now. Portland and Monterey. Monterey wins. 1-0 at Providence Park in Portland. Um, disappointing, but honestly, Portland showed good fight against what most people say are the favorites in the competition. Defended really well for most of the game. Just one Zach McGraw error who played really well. I don't know if I would say Zach McGraw played well. I'm just kidding. I think he had a pretty poor game. Um, I, I love Zach McGraw, and we were talking about this, but he's getting Mabiala syndrome, where it's like, he'll play alright, he's kind of no-nonsense, but then he just makes these mistakes that always end up with a goal. Yeah. I don't know. I I had a, I had a lot of high hopes for him at the beginning of this year, where I thought... Um, I was really hoping that he would have a big breakout season, and all these minutes would be, would be good for him, and he hasn't really like had a much of improvement I would say like he hasn't really um, really stepped his game up too much from what he did last season or even beginning of this year so you think so I think he's been solid for the most part I think a lot of people I read on like online are really high on him honestly I think Zuperich looks much more like less shaky back there which is to be expected I think they're a solid partnership but just room to grow I, th- I think there's room to grow. If we had the opportunity to pull him out of the lineup, like with that new center back, I think I would probably do that. Um, I will, you know, one thing I'll give him credit for is he is left exposed a lot because he's our right center back and he's got Mosquera just bombing up the right wing. So he's left exposed a lot and forced into 1v1 situations, which doesn't seem to be his strong suit at all. Yeah, he's not the fastest player out there. Um, but Portland looking better. Against Tigris as well, missing Evander especially. They were getting chances, they just couldn't finish. And this is probably, I'd say, the most uncomfortable like uh, Monterey has looked like this whole competition. Like, Absolutely. Definitely, they had to work for their goal. They had to put in like a lot of effort, and then it was a tough like second half going out. You know, Zuperich just gave like an intense like halftime speech about how they're like warriors or something. Timbers looking great, except for... Bane of Timber's existence, except for like two seasons with Fernando Adi, where they just, and half a season with Brian Fernandez, where they can be lights out, but they just don't have a a lethal, like fear imposing striker. I will say, I think Frank Boley could be that for the Timbers. Like, man actually finds angles to shoot, which I would rather have that than strikers that like aren't finding opportunities at all. I'll agree. He he looks like our best option, and he creates opportunities. But I mean, just this last game, he's 
miss two shots that I think I wouldn't say should have been goals, but like a clinical striker bags maybe one of them. I'd say a Chicho Arango would bury precisely. Those. Yeah. Um. So that that wraps it up. Tigres and Vancouver happened after that, which we already mentioned, but that was it for this round of the knockouts. One thing we want to bring to discussion, I, we kind of didn't really touch upon it, but it had to do with that Orlando-Miami game. And there was a lot of dodgy calls that happened towards a certain Argentinian player. You want to elaborate on that? I don't know uh, what Argentinian you're talking about. Javier Morales. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, clearly, clearly Messi is getting a little bit of favoritism. Um, there's been, there was some shady calls. Like, he, like you mentioned, uh, a pretty soft penalty. I think the biggest moment that a lot of people saw was Messi kind of losing the ball, or not losing the ball, it's like kind of whizzing by him, and then he just hip checks. Um, I forget who it was. Cesar Araujo. So he, he hip checks him off the ball. He Araujo hits the, the ground, and he like looks up at the ref, puts his arms up, ref isn't even like like looking at him so then as Messi receives the ball again Araujo comes running behind kind of puts his hand over his shoulder and then just like makes a tackle which I may have been a foul for the hand over the shoulder a pretty soft foul I would say and then as Messi like hits the ground stands up just immediately calls for like a card and like the ref sees him like call for a card and then just pulls the card out immediately and gives it to Araujo and actually I don't think it was Araujo I think it was Pereira Okay. Yeah. Either either way. I mean, stuff like that. Orlando's coach Oscar Pereira, I think rightfully so, was pretty fuming. He called it like a circus, pretty much, because all the attention was on them. Um, there is a funny quote from an FC Dallas player, because uh, Miami's playing Dallas. Did you see that? Some... Can you name? Actually, first of all, I want to see if you can name this guy because he literally said at the end of his interview. But like nobody knew who he was, Nico Sarisis or something like that. I I, I know the name. So. I don't know how to pronounce it. But there was a Dallas player who was being asked all these questions, and it was about Messi, partially. And he was like, "You don't really care about me. You just were playing Miami next, and Messi's on the team. That's all you want to ask about." Um, there was the reports about Columbus not being able to buy down Lucas or Darlington Nagby um, to a TAM contract, and that. They wanted to have Zellerion and Rossi as DPs, but MLS didn't budge on that. And the point there was Miami, you know, if that was them, the league has already showed they'll do these weird rules where they'll help out a team like that. There's a lot of things happening. One more I want to highlight is, again, in Dallas, when the tickets came out, they were priced really high compared to normal Dallas games. And Dallas's own two supporters group didn't get tickets because the prices were fixed up high. And so their two main supporters group don't even get to watch their team play at home. You know it's going to be a big pro messy celebrity s crowd again. Do you like all these things that are happening? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Messi's bringing in all this eyes and attention and revenue. But organic fans who have been there before are kind of getting screwed over. Yeah, I don't. I'm kind of torn because, um, like you said, I think people who are already fans of this league are gonna be the ones who are affected, like the most negatively. Um, 
like my girlfriend brought this up recently where she said like she feels bad for people who are already Miami fans because now they can't really go to a game like tickets are just sold out to people who are flying across the country around the world paying like exorbitant amounts of money um next season people who are season ticket holders their prices are going to like shoot up incredibly so just the average fan who already cared about this league and has been invested in it for a long time obviously you want to see the greatest player ever to come play in your league but all this other stuff that's surrounding it is making it really hard to support the league still i think a lot of people Messi's such a likable character but myself included i'm gonna be actively rooting for Miami to fail pretty hard, honestly. I think like picture Busquets gets injured, that whole team is going to sink in my opinion. Yeah, and it's just I think it makes it even more frustrating with the news coming out about Columbus and like them not being able to keep um, you know, Zelleron and they had to sell him to be able to bring in Diego Rossi because the league wouldn't let them buy down um Darlington Nagby. Just a lot of stuff that's surrounding it that I think is finally coming to light for people who are like have already been fans of the league. I think everybody was excited about it and now like some of this reality setting in. And then you have a lot of people who've never cared about uh, like MLS really and they see Messi just like winning and they don't see all the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes and even if you were to point it out to them they'd probably just say like fine by me. You know? Like they probably wouldn't care. Yeah, and the the interesting thing about Columbus was technically so Nagby was on a one point eight million dollar contract and to be able to bring him down not as a designated player, he had to be at one point six million, so he was barely above it. And people so a lot of the mouthpieces for the league, Taylor Twelman, Tom Bogart, were like, Well, Miami didn't like Columbus wasn't even able to bring him down. That's a rule that's already established. It wasn't MLS screwing him over. But people were like, yes, you're correct. However, look at what went into like the Messi deal. And we yeah. get that they're different players, obviously. But Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Are you telling me Lucas Zellerayon and and uh, Messi are Who? different? Who? Oh, sorry, I meant Nagby. <laughs> but the point is... I think greater. You know, if Miami was in that position, they needed to buy down, you know, some player. Yeah. MLS would have budged. So my question to you is if you were Don Garber, big Donnie G and you had to be making these decisions, how would you, would you handle it differently or would you allow like Miami to do what they're doing? I think overall it sets up a bad precedent. If you're just allowing, whichever team has the superstar to bend and tweak the rules. Obviously, Miami was punished before for cheating, actually, breaking the financial rules, and they got punished. However, I mean, I'd like to say I'd do something different. You obviously know they're getting a amount of profit they've never had before, but I think it's a bad look that certain teams get preferential treatment, in my opinion. I would agree, but I think we're. I think it's a bad look from people like us, like people who legitimately care about the league. But I think a lot of people don't read into it that much. Not very many people care about it, and I don't think too many people who are, like you said, like mouthpieces of the league, like the big like Taylor Twelmans, Tom Bogart, like any of the extra time like crew. I don't think any of them are ever going to speak out about this, and it's going to take guys like uh, 
organic. Like the Dallas defender. So his, I looked him up. His name's uh, in Nkosi Tafari. I think it's going to be players like that, like speaking out, like saying like leading the revolution. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's not necessarily that people don't want to see Messi in this league. They just want to see, you know, like more, they want to see some equal spread of the rules. Or they want to see, um, you know, like a clear layout, which MLS has never been good at. MLS almost seems like they keep everything vague so that they can just shift it when they want. It's like playing a game with a little kid. They just change the rules on the spot when they start to lose, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's well said. Um, so last up, a bit of a shorter one today, as we've been doing. We've got some predictions for the next round of League's Cup. First up, Club America and Nashville. What do you got, Chase? I'm going to go 1-1, but I think America's going to win on penalties. I think Nashville is going to play their game i think they're gonna they're gonna play their game they're gonna hold them off put in a solid defensive performance but i don't think they'll be able to win it in penalties yeah i'm going two nil america i think columbus dominated them but i can't see nashville doing anything like that they'll sit back and i think there's gonna be so much pressure that they're not used to facing from an mls team it's gonna be too much um next up lafc versus rsl big matchup on that other this side is, of the bracket. This is two contenders for the final, I think, in my mind. Um, I'm going LASC 2-1. Um, I think having that two-week break is huge for them, and then coming back and just putting seven down on Juarez, I think, is going to be huge for them to build confidence going into this next game. Important, too, LAFC will host any remaining games that they're in in this competition, which is big. Uh, I went 2-1 RSL. They love to be a spoiler in like a big knockout round game, especially on the road too. Also, it'll be fun watching Chicho Arango go back to LA and play, and Danny Musovsky. That's the story. More importantly, um, yeah, that's gonna be a great game for sure. Toluca versus Minnesota, as we talked about before. There's obviously the Dallas Miami game, but everybody's gonna be talking about that. We're gonna spread the love up north. And south to Minnesota and Toluca. I'm going 3-1 Toluca. I, my mind says Toluca here, but my heart says Minnesota. Who scores? Is Timu Puki still playing for him? Absolutely. Not him. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be Hualang uh, Bane. Nah. Like a 15th minute like breakaway counterattack. So you're going 1-0 Minnesota. I'm going 1-0 Minnesota. I think they're just going to be solid defensively. I think Adrian Heath is going to get these boys jazzed up for this game. Hassani Dodson is going to be screaming his head off in the locker room, <laughs> rallying the troops. Um, so, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're, you're creeping up on my neck here in the points total. I'm up 44-39. to 39. You only have a five-point difference. I was going to say, I've been slowly but surely building up the points because I think at one point I was down like... Almost 20. Yeah, I was like 18 points at one point. So, been a solid uh, few weeks of predictions for myself, I will say. Lastly, huge news. Columbus Crew defender Keegan Hughes gets loaned for the rest of the season to FC Tulsa. Keegan, you got to come on the show and just discuss the move what went wrong in columbus i know man like i I feel for him 
feel for him hey, right he's now. Bigger and brighter things in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They got a big project up there. I've been commenting on his uh, Instagram Still? pictures. <laughs> I just comment KH28. I think his number's 22. KH22 with two fire emojis. Does he like them? He has, yeah. That's what. Um, that's the gateway right there. That's what I used to do to Alvis Powell as well. Because Alvis Powell used to. <laughs> he had a hat that said AP2. You know, he went to like a journeys or something and just asked to be custom made. <laughs> They didn't even know. They didn't know who it was. It was just some Some like high school student. (laughs) It's just working his weekend job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Just got done vaping or something in the parking lot. (laughs) Bernadeski. Twenty-five episodes done of the MLS Net Boys Show. We are a quarter of the way. It's been a good time. To one hundred has been solid. Thank you very much. Uh, in all seriousness, to everybody who listens, um, we really appreciate it. This is a fun hobby for us, and it's even cooler that we know there's people out there listening. So, thank you guys. If you listen to this, please send it to somebody else. Send it to um, all your friends in Belgium, because <laughs> that's our like that's our <laughs> weird niche market. Actually, we need to start talking about Christian Benteke a bit more. I guess Dante Venzier. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I think that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you guys for listening. Keegan Hughes. Still. Come, come on, on the, the show. show.